This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Native rodeo athletes are making their way to Las Vegas for the big Indian National Finals Rodeo. They've qualified after a year of competing at other tribal and fair rodeos across the country. Many of these men and women have been rodeoing since they were old enough to sit on a horse, and many come from native ranching families. We're talking with rodeo athletes about what it takes to be a world champion after National Native News. This is National Native News. I'm Jill Freitas from KMBA in Anchorage, Alaska, filling in for Antonia Gonzalez. An exhibit opened Wednesday night at the Denina Convention Center that looks at the work of Bill Hess and his 40 years of photographing Alaska Native veterans. KMBA's Rhonda McBride was there for the opening. Before you enter the main convention hall, large panels with portraits and candid photographs line the way. Actually, when you walk in, it draws you in. Wanda Solomon Parsons came dressed in uniform. She served two tours of duty in Afghanistan and was struck by how the photos evoke the spirituality of serving your country. It draws you into a story and it draws you into a personal life of a Alaskan Native veteran that served. We all have a story to tell. And along with the photographs, you can read about each veteran's life. I capture what I see and feel. And the feeling is every bit as important as the eye. Bill Hess says this exhibit showcases photographs of more than 60 veterans, culled from four decades of pictures that he snapped at veteran ceremonies, as well as sit-down portraits of vets he met along the way. I don't feel like I've photographed near enough, actually. But long enough to know that Alaska Native veterans don't get near enough appreciation. Out of all the ethnic groups in the country, Alaska Natives have among the highest rate of service. And yet, as a people, Hess says they've been treated terribly. These are Alaska Native indigenous people willing to put their life on the line for a country that took it upon itself to subsume most of their country. But it's still their country. In Anchorage, I'm Rhonda McBride. The 2023 AFN Citizen of the Year Award went to Kodiak resident Margaret Roberts on Thursday. She was nominated by the Woody Island Tribal Council and was selected by the AFN Board of Directors. She passed away in July of last year and has been praised by communities all over Alaska for her tireless dedication to the Aleutic language and dance, as well as advocating for the rights of Aleutic people and Alaskans. Born and raised in Kodiak, Roberts was known for her leadership. She served on boards for many tribal councils, including the Alaska Native Claim Settlement Act Corporation, as well as other nonprofit organizations. Roberts' daughters joined the presenters and the Aleutic Dancers, a dance group Roberts created on stage. Leslie Ann Heglin, Roberts' oldest daughter, spoke of her mother's tireless commitment to her people and corporations, even while fighting cancer and just having had surgery. She tells me, she leaves that Sunday to Seattle for housing meetings and conference. I said, what? Mom, you just got back from surgery. What are you thinking? You can't go. You're still weak. Mom went, it was about a week later. She looked just exhausted. Mom had selflessness and worried about everyone. 
After Robert's daughters accepted the award, the Kodiak Alutic Dance Group performed a native dance to honor the memory of the woman who made it possible for them to be up on the stage that day. Roberts was known in her Alutic language as the one who dances. I'm Jill Freitas. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by AARP. AARP creates and connects people to unique tools and programs, helps conserve personal resources, and tackles issues that matter most to individuals, families, and communities. More at aarp.org. Support by Drummond Woodsum a full-service law firm whose nationally recognized tribal nations practice provides services to tribal nations and their enterprises and to companies that do business with tribes across the country. More at dwmlaw.com. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Rodeo is a way of life for many Native Americans, especially in rural communities. Tribal fairs and rodeos held throughout the summer are big events for rodeo athletes competing to qualify for next week's Indian National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's where we'll see some of Native America's fastest barrel racers, steer wrestlers, team ropers, and their trained and talented horses kick up dust at the South Point Equestrian Center Arena. And let's not forget to mention the stock events like bull riding, bareback, and saddle bronc riding that also draw thousands of spectators. Today, we'll speak with current and past INFR world champion athletes about what it takes to compete at this level. Rodeo fans, we're talking to you. Are you headed to Las Vegas for INFR? Are you a current or former rodeo athlete? Tell us your story by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Let's meet our guests. Randy Taylor is joining us from Menno, South Dakota. He is the producer and host of the Native Voice One show, Word with a Champ. He's a seven-time INFR announcer. He is also qualified for Professional Rodeo Cowboy Association Bareback Bronc Riding for the National Finals Rodeo. He is Cherokee and Choctaw. You might also know him as the Cherokee Cowboy. Randy, welcome back to NAC. Good morning, Sean. It's always good to be here. Thank you for, our, for the coverage of our Indian National Finals Rodeo. Absolutely. Can't wait to talk more about it. Joining us from the Black Hills of South Dakota is Stephen DeWolf. He's the reigning 2022 INFR World Champion Bareback Rider. He's Oglakota. Stephen, great to have you on the show. Good morning. I just say thank you for getting me on air this morning. You bet. 
Joining us from Whitehorse, South, <clears throat> excuse me, Whitehorse, uh, South Dakota is Tatum Ward. She is the 2021 INFR World Champion Ladies Barrel Racer, and she is competing again next week at INFR. She is Cheyenne River Sioux. Hello, Tatum. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for having me on here. And, um, yeah. All right. Can't wait to talk more with you, Tatum. And also joining us from the family ranch in Table Mesa, New Mexico, is Carly Sosi. She's the owner and operator of Rockin' KT Rodeo Company. She is Navajo. Hello, Carly. Welcome to you also. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, thank you all again for joining us. Let's go ahead and get this conversation started. And, and Randy, lead us off here. For folks that might not follow uh, rodeo that much, just how big of a rodeo is INFR? Where does it stack up among all the other rodeo events throughout the year? The Indian National Finals rodeo is uh, very prestigious, and it is a huge event encompassing contestants from the Seminole Tribe in Florida, the Blood and Cree and the First Nations of Canada, all across the South, you know, the Cherokee, Choctaw, Chickasaw, uh, the, many in the, in the Great Horse Nations from the Northwest with the, the Blackfeet, Ogallala, all the seven, nine bands of, of Lakota, uh, Northern Cheyenne. It, it, it's, it's big. It, uh, it draws a lot of people. Some of these celebrations are, for example, the Rosebud in uh, Sichangu, Lakota rodeo and celebration is over 125 years old. So there's lots of tradition, lots of people, and lots of talent. Now, what are the biggest events, the big draws that people really show up for? Crow Fair is huge. That's in south, uh, southeast Montana there in Crow Agency, Montana. Uh, the other one, of course, the Indian National Finals Rodeo. We've seen full houses at the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribal Fair and Rodeo. We've seen packed houses in Okmulgee, Oklahoma. Uh, Polson, Montana, uh, the Navajo land is stacked with good rodeos. So uh, it's, there's a plethora of large rodeos and, and people that attend and big entry lists, sometimes three, four, five hundred entries. We have a, a system that encompasses an entire family. The main events are like bareback, bronc riding, steer wrestling, ladies breakaway, saddle bronc, tie down roping, team roping, barrel racing, and bull riding. And then we also have senior and junior events. So sometimes when you see a truck and a trailer pull up, it might be the grandparents, and mom and dad, and the kids too, all competing and in, in trying to qualify for the Indian National Finals Rodeo. The whole family. Yes, sir. Now, Randy, uh, and, and what exactly does it take to qualify for INFR? Because not just anybody can show up and, and enter, right? You've got you've to earn your way. Absolutely. There is a tour, and you must qualify with the tour champion. Uh, and also, if you win an event, there is a qualification opportunity there. But there's tour, a tour that goes, like I mentioned, all the way from Florida to Canada, and it's very competitive. There is good stock. It takes a lot to put on a rodeo. It is a lot of moving parts, and an entire community uh, hosts families and contestants from all over the country. It's, um, it's quite an event. 
And for the rodeo athletes who win championships there at INFR, what's the next step for them? Because they have opportunities outside of Indian rodeo, right? Yes, sir. The Indian National Finals Rodeo hosts people for competition that are of Native descent or First Nations in Canada or American Indian. And then uh, our my hope is to see people like Stephen DeWolf uh, uh, and Jaco Roper. Stephen is the defending world champion bareback bronc rider, and he's competing and taking their money in the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. He recently competed in the Badlands Circuit Finals in, in Minot, North Dakota. Jaco Roper, who won the bareback bronc riding world championship a couple of years ago, is participating in the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, and he will go back to Las Vegas December 6th or 7th through the 16th for his first national finals rodeo qualification. And that is huge. We, we want to see our Indian Cowboys progress. And there's more, like uh, Derek Begay, a Navajo Indian Cowboy, mm-hmm. attending his ninth or 10th national finals rodeo presented by Wrangler Jeans and Shirts. And uh, that's the Super Bowl. And he is in contention for a world title this year once again. So we see our Indian Cowboys and Cowgirls progress up through the major leagues, and it's very exciting to to watch. Yeah, it really does. And about how many spectators are you expecting this year at INFR, Randy? Well, I believe the Coliseum, man, I think it holds about, I'm guessing, between five and 6,000, and uh, the, the latter days will be full. I mean, that is a very exciting Saturday night championship day. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the week, there will be a lot of people there, a lot of families supporting. They have slack. They have a qualifier rodeo going on already right now in Las Vegas near the South Point. And uh, once that rodeo starts, that Coliseum gradually fills up through the week. Some of the matinees earlier in the week aren't as full, but there's a lot of people that come and support Indian Rodeo and, of course, all of the family members and friends. Will INFR be televised this year? Yes, sir. It'll be on Pluto Television, and that is associated with the professional bull riders. The PBR, as well as the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, have certainly supported the Indian National Finals Rodeo Program. For example, uh, we had the, the, the Native American team and team bull riding with the PBR. Last year, the top three contestants in the bareback bronc riding and the saddle bronc riding, including Stephen DeWolf, Jaco Roper, and I believe one of the Sosi boys out of out of the Navajo land uh, obtained their membership in the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association and a scholarship. The PRCA also wants to support uh, our Cowboys in any opportunity that they can. Our and Randy, you've mentioned are now cowgirls, yes, sir. Okay, you've mentioned Stephen DeWolf uh, a couple of times. Let's go ahead and talk to Stephen now. He is one of our guests. And Stephen, you were on your way to Las Vegas right now, uh, 2022 INFR World Champion Bareback Rider. You're going to defend your title. What's on your mind as the rodeo approaches? Uh, yes. Uh, so uh, we've we've put in months and months of preparation and just hard work to get to the finals. Not only. Uh, just getting there this weekend but this has been a ongoing deal and all summer long we've competed in rodeos throughout the country and all the cowboys i'm sure are cowboys and cowgirls are super excited to make it down to the indian national finals rodeo in las vegas and i just wanted to say uh, safe travels to anybody out on the road this weekend and anybody going down to las vegas that 
everybody get there safe so we can have a good national finals rodeo this year. Safe travels for sure. And uh, Stephen, I mean, tell us more about what the life is like for for a competitive rodeo athlete for your, like yourself. I mean, obviously there's a lot of travel and logistics. Uh, what's a typical day like for you, training and just being on the road? Oh, yeah, we're going constantly throughout the week. We're traveling or training or rodeoing. You know, the, the weekends mainly consist of our performances and rodeoing. And then uh, throughout the week, we would try to train and eat healthy as we can and just uh, getting our bodies prepped for the next oncoming weekend because it, it's a, it's a never-ending schedule. It takes, uh, takes a lot for a rodeo athlete to compete in this, uh, in this on this level so definitely just uh keeping your body healthy and and your mind healthy and then getting down the road to the next rodeo it can be thousands of miles in between certain rodeos but uh it's a great lifestyle and uh i love every bit of it just traveling with my friends and family and definitely all the rodeo competitors the International Finals Rodeo taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's coming up next week, and we're talking now with rodeo athletes and other key rodeo figures about uh, what's in it for them and what they enjoy and what they love with the sport and uh, what it takes to compete at this level, INFR. It is a big, big event taking place next week. Anybody listening on uh, to the show right now, if you've got any experience with rodeo or if you're headed to INFR perhaps or you're just a big fan or maybe you want to learn a little bit more about it or give a shout out to one of our guests today, our phone lines are open right now, 1-800-996-2848. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Billions of dollars are flowing to tribes from Alaska to Maine to improve broadband access. Much of the money stems from federal COVID recovery efforts and is aimed at closing the well-documented digital divide for Native Americans. We'll get a look at where some of that money is being spent on the next Native America Calling. Education sovereignty. It begins with us. That's the theme of the National Indian Education Association's 54th Convention and Trade Show to be held in Albuquerque October 18th through the 21st. You have an important role to play in the ongoing effort to reclaim education sovereignty. The agenda includes an educator day, a student day, professional learning opportunities, and the NIEA awards ceremony. Registration ends October 13th at NIEA.org. You've got to tune to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're getting a preview of next week's Indian National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas. Is rodeo part of your Native community or family? Is there a world champion cowboy or cowgirl you'd like to give a shout out to? 1-800-996-2848 is the number to call. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. We have Stephen DeWolf on the line right now. He is Oglala Lakota, and he's the reigning 2022 INFR world champion bareback rider. And Stephen, tell us a little bit about how you won that championship last year, uh, bareback riding. What was that like, and uh, how fierce was the competition to win that buckle? Oh, thanks, Sean. Uh, it's it's definitely a intense competition, and everybody goes every year, and we're super focused on the, the goal at hand, which is coming a world champion. So that moment for me was 
definitely very special and something that I can never recreate with uh, any doubt in my mind. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. And having all my family members back home and, and people watching online, and it was just a, a great moment for me and definitely the biggest accomplishment. So it was it was really wonderful. And Stephen, congratulations again. And, and what do you do to just stay in shape and, and keep on the top of your game? Because I know uh, it, it demands every element of athleticism and, and stamina as any other sport out there. What does it take? Well, there's a lot of uh, heart and dedication that goes into it. You know, it's uh, definitely something that you have to love what you're doing. And, and uh, I definitely love the sport of rodeo. It's created so many opportunities for me and just uh, keeping my body and my mind healthy and going on into more and more rodeos. It's uh, it's what you have to do to keep competitive in this sport because it's always constantly changing. Now, you've got to stay on that horse for eight seconds. You can only hold on with one hand, uh, but that's what it looks like to, to an outsider who's never actually done it before. What's going through your mind when, you know, they open that chute and you just, you just go and you just get thrown out there? What are you, what are you thinking? Well, exactly. So it, it's definitely a, it, it's a, it's a process, you know. It's something that I've evolved my, myself and my mind to do throughout the years and uh, took, took a lot of practice. So it's not something that you can just go out and do, but it's something that you have to stay dedicated to and constantly evolving to be better. And that's what you want all the athletes to do is to better themselves every day and and Stephen, bumps and bruises—that's just part of the grind. Oh yeah, there's uh, there's so much that it takes a big toll on your body throughout the year, and you have to stay stay in the top physical shape, you know, that you can possibly be because we're constantly going throughout the the summer and even into the winter months. We're rodeo and full time, so you have to keep your body in in top form because. Uh, there's so many aches and pains, but uh, it's just part of it, you know, and uh, that's something that you gotta gotta grow to love and and take the take it as it comes, you know. Let's take a caller now, Chanupa, who is listening in Pine Ridge, South Dakota, on Keeley. Hello, Chanupa, are you a rodeo fan? Yeah, I'm a rodeo fan. I like watching the sport, but I wanted to share something with Stephen. I think Stephen. You know, he's a young man, you know, he won that, that circuit. And um, if you can remember something, we had a lot of native, you know, riders, bull riding, saddle bronc, you know, bareback. We had Emil Last Horse, Howard Hunter, Tuffy Sierra, Sam Martin Sr., Oglala Joe, which was Joe Running Hawk. These are people that rode... Um, the animal to a standstill. Emil Lastros was one of them. So was Joe Running Hawk. These were professional guys that never got any serious recognition. And for the tribal member being part of our reservation, I like watching the sport when they have twister bulls because uh, Tuffy Sierra rode a lot of twister bulls and so did Oglala Joe. So Wupila Tranka to Stephen. And thank you, Sean, for taking my call. Ha-ho! 
Well, thank you for calling in, Chanupa. Stephen, uh, feel free to respond to Chanupa. He's uh, from Pine Ridge, where you're from. Yes, definitely. Well, what he's uh, talking about, there's so many past champions, you know, that come from not only my reservation, but also others. And uh, I'm a very proud descendant of Howard Hunter Sr. And he was also qualified to the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas. So it's, it's, very, it's a very big honor for me to carry on the rodeo legacy. Stephen, what are the rules to to bareback riding other than just staying on the horse? I mean, do you have to observe any specific guidelines or anything like that, or are you just are you just focused on the clock? Well, uh, you can you can't touch the horse with your free hand, and you have to have a a strong markout. So they have a markout rule where your your spurs have to be in the point of the horse's shoulders on the first jump out of the chute. And then you have to stay in constant timing with the horse as he's bucking and performing out there. So you're not the only one performing. There's also uh, animal athletes that are there across the country. And uh, it's all about having a good draw. So just having uh, a good horse definitely helps. And to not touch the horse when you're riding, that's a, a main rule, too. And the horses that, that you draw, how much do you know about those horses before you actually get on them to ride? Are, are they horses that you've ridden before, or a lot of times they just, they're just brand new horses that you know nothing about? Uh, most of the contractors throughout the country, they bring outstanding bucking stock, and there's a lot of horses that we see down the road that we might be able to get a video on or, or just know from a certain other athlete or rider. And uh, we'll be able to judge it off of that. But for the most part, all of the contractors, they pick their, their animal athletes and they take care of them more than you can imagine. So this is the best stock that we can have. And uh, very thankful that a lot of the animals have been chosen for the Indian National Final. Well, Stephen, thank you for, for sharing uh, a little bit of your life and about uh, information there as a rodeo champion, 2022 INFR world champion bareback rider, Stephen DeWolf. And let's learn a little bit more about what it takes to be a stock contractor. And Carly Sosi, uh, that's what her family is in the business of, where uh, she is the owner and operator of Rockin' KT Rodeo Company. Carly, thanks again for joining us today. And uh, your family actually has bulls at INFR this year. How many? Hi. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm a second-generation stock contractor, and I grew up in the uh, business. Uh, my uncles are the Sosie Brothers Rodeo Company, and they <clears throat> have bucking horses and bucking bulls. They won't be there this year, but um, I ventured off, me and my son, and we established our own mother and son-owned um, business. And um, <clears throat> so we're really excited to be back to the INFR. This will be our fifth year there with our um, bucking bulls. And this year we got four bulls that were selected to um, buck next weekend. Well, congratulations, Carly. And how do those four bulls get selected? What's the process? So <clears throat> being a stock contract of INFR, it's, 
you know, I'm one of about maybe 60 contractors coming in. And throughout the year, we um, book shows and, you know, we're trying to put ourselves out there. And we so we get selected for a show. You know, we may get a couple bulls in or we may get all our bulls in. And we are required to go to at least one <clears throat> INFR tour rodeo. But, you know, it just really looks good on you, on your business, if, you know, you get multiple shows throughout the year. And so we go to these shows, and then um, judges' sheets are turned in with these animals' names on there. And so <clears throat> at the end of, you know, pretty much the end of the rodeo season, we get a email about um, um from from the you know commissioners that you know it's time to submit in your animals and so we're picking we're sending in you know the cream of the crop for us our, all our companies and we're sending in videos and um, they'll go also back and look at you know judges sheets and animal scoring from previous rodeos throughout the year you know they confirm and so from there you know it's um, it's really precise how they go through and especially looking over, I think about, you know, almost 80 bucking horses for bareback and almost another 80 for Salabronk and then bull riding too for bulls. And then they also got the junior bull riding event um, too. So they're really, you know, I, you know, I, um, the stock correct, the stock um, director, Fancy Kitson, you know, I just really um, commend him for his work and him going through, you know, and picking which he, which stock, which animal he believes will, you know, fit right in for the INFR. Well, it sounds like a a really, yeah, it sounds like it, and really competitive. Obviously, uh, these bulls you have, they must just be top-notch bucking bulls. And what does it take, Carly, to, to raise bulls like that because not every bull's going to buck i mean you've got they've got to have it in them don't they it's got to be in their blood a little bit yeah you know it is um it's in their blood but it goes back to us taking care of them um you're right you know not every single one of them i submitted in um you know got got chosen you know to go but the ones that did um you know we did put a lot of time and work into you know, them bucking throughout the year and, you know, a lot of the traveling and, you know, it's just for us stock contractors, it's, you know, a really, it's, you know, one of our, our goals is to get there to the INFR and showcase our animals. And so, you know, it's, it's really psychotic, <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of money, everything. Um, but, you well, know, Carly- we're really grateful. Right. Yeah. And, and okay. So, and you've got a bull and you want to encourage them to buck. I mean, what's that process there? Is that kind of a trade secret in terms of what it takes to really get your bulls ready to go out there and be in a rodeo? So, you know, for us, um, leading up to INFR, we got, you know, our animals that were chosen. And so, you know, we're uh, prepping these bulls throughout the week you know, throughout the weeks leading up to this event. 
Um, we've I've been out, you know, exercising my bulls and, you know, um, constantly buying the best grain I can and, hey, you know, just treating them really, you know, as they, they are a part of our family, you know. And my son, um, Tate, and he's 10 years old, and, you know, that's what I'm, you know, really instilling on him, you know, and just trying to push this, you know, showing him this lifestyle, you know, and um, there's a lot of people that are, you know, the younger generation that look, and so I am, you know, really proud of him for helping me. You know, he's at that age to where, you know, we're we're both out there working the bulls, and he's, you know, when I'm out feeding, he's over here graining, and he's checking the waters, you know, and just, you know, he, he knows now to come home and to, you know, make sure, prioritize his animals first, you know, make sure that they're all taken care of. Okay, folks, sorry about that little technical issue there. I uh, hope you enjoyed the music. I am back speaking with Carly Sosi. She's the owner and operator of Rockin' KT Rodeo Company, and she also has uh, some bulls that are going to be entered next week at INFR. And Carly, uh, before we go into break, now you yourself, have you competed in rodeo as well as worked as a, co- a stock contractor? Uh, yes, I grew up bell racing and um I competed, you know, in um, the, a lot of the INFR tour rodeos, you know, throughout, you know, growing up. And then I think it was until about <clears throat> 2013 that I established my business. And But, you know, it's, it's taken a lot, and it's a lot of fun, you know. So I rodeoed since I was about six years old, competed, and so I'm enjoying the stock I'm trying stock contracting side of things and but you know when maybe one day i'll get back into <laughs> get back into <laughs> running barrels or rope in something <laughs> now next week i imagine you're going to be really busy tending to your bulls and just they're involved is it are you pretty much going non-stop that whole week uh, we are yeah you know and um i have i have a, a job and so everybody's like, oh, you're on vacation, and, you know, and they, you know, they think they look at it that way. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's still business because, you know, it's we got to get up. We got to make sure our animals are taken care of. There's, there's no sleeping in. You know, we're right out to the back pens, um, graining, feeding, exercising our animals. And, um, you know, and it's just getting ready for the perf, which kind of comes quick, you know, it's just enough to grab breakfast and then you're out and um, they're already moving in your animals. And so, you know, I try to look over mine as much as I can. We're going to take another break and we'll be right back. Does your club, institution, or other group need custom branded apparel? A wide variety of t-shirts, hoodies, and much more, all custom printed or embroidered, are available from nativescreenprinting.com, a division of Skyscreen Printing who support this program. Support by Penguin Random House, publisher of Blood Sisters by Vanessa Lilly, about a Cherokee archaeologist summoned to rural Oklahoma to investigate the disappearance of two women, one of them her sister. This and other stories at prh.com slash stories of the land. You're listening to Native America Calling. We're talking with Native rodeo athletes about what it takes to win that purse, buckle, or saddle. And there's still plenty of time to join us, rodeo fans. Who will you be rooting for at INFR next week? 
We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Let's bring our next guest into the conversation now, Tatum Ward. She's from Whitehorse, South Dakota, and she's a barrel racer. Tatum, I want to thank you again for joining us. And uh, tell us a little bit more about barrel racing. Give us a snapshot what the sport's like. Thank you for having me today. Um, barrel racing just consists of you and your horse and going around a three, three barrels in a cloverleaf pattern and trying to go as fast as you can without tipping anything over is uh, basically what it is. Um, okay. You have to have a real partnership with you and your horse, so your your horse plays a lot into it. I imagine, and um, what's different about this than like some of the other events we've been talking about, like the bull riding, where athletes, you know, they they just get put on a on a bull or a horse, they know nothing about it. But in this case, you're riding your own horse, so you train it, you take care of it, and and what all's involved with building that that trust and that relationship with your horse? Oh, a lot goes into it. Um, you know, you're I'm out there with my horse every day training her and then trying to get her exercise daily um, to keep her in shape. And you got to make sure that they stay sound as well, because if they're hurting, they're not going to perform to the best of their ability. Um, so I try to get her worked on as regularly as I can and um, keep her in the best of shape as I can and keep her as happy as she can be. So that way she performs uh, good for me. And, um, I also just do, uh, like, ranch workout on her, too. Uh, she's not just in the arena all the time. I go out and gather cattle on her and stuff like that. And um, She's a pretty good horse. Uh, her name is Cece. Her registered name is Cinco Cinco Cinco. She's 10 years old this year. Uh, I've qualified off of her before in 2021, and uh, we actually won it that year at the Indian National Finals. So we're, we're pretty excited. Thank you. We're also, or I'm nervous, um, but I'm very excited for sure. Um, it's it's a a 24/7 job. You know, it's it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, owning a horse, you know, it's just like owning, like having having your own kid. Basically, you know, you got to tend to them all the time, make sure they're fed and well kept and um, yeah, just happy and, and thriving so that way they can do well for you in the arena. Now, Tatum, I understand you come from a big rodeo family. Uh, do you have other siblings that compete, parents, grandparents? Uh, yeah, I come from a rodeo family. Um, my, my dad uh, competed in saddle bronc riding growing up, and his dad also competed in team roping and uh, was a very well-known uh, rodeo announcer around here, uh, Dick Ward. And then uh, my dad's brothers were also in the in the rodeo scene. Um, they steer wrestled and bareback rode and did all sorts of events and uh, ranched as well. But I have um, three brothers and three sisters. Um, one of my brothers grew, bull ride grew up bull riding some in high school and then my younger sibling um taylor she also rodeoed uh growing up in high school and still continues to help out ranch work um these days 
Tatum, so do you we, remember how old you were? I was how old uh, were you the when first? I first started? Yeah. When I first started go racing, I was just going to like little play days around here at home, and I think I was maybe nine, ten, maybe eleven. I didn't really get into the rodeo scene until my like later years in life. Um, I, but I, I grew up riding and, and I'm on a, my family has a ranch and, um, we have cattle, we own cattle. So we go out there and do all sorts of things with them. And I've been riding since I was probably two, three old enough to swing a leg over a horse. My dad just leading me around until I was old enough or he thought I could handle it myself, which was about three or four. (laughs) (laughs) Tatum, next week there in Las Vegas, you know, I think a lot of people think of Las Vegas as, you know, all the casinos and the bright lights and the strip and all that. But here, you folks are going to be there at South Point. And are there places there in the arena to, to, to stable your horses or you just keep them in trailers? I mean, how do you just, because you've you got to bring all your all your horses with you, all your gear. That must be a big job just to, to maintain that stuff, that equipment, your animals, and then and then house them. It, it is. So South Point has um, a stalling area underneath the hotel uh, itself. So I can keep my horses there on site, which is really nice. And then they have uh, quite a few warm-up arenas to where you could go out and ride your horse or let them loose and get out of the stalls for a little while. Um, they also have the big arena that's open at certain times to for people to free ride in there, which is great. Um, but it it is it's a, it takes a lot on the horse to drive all that way down there in in the trailer, and then once you get there, you know they got to be stalled up all week until you get ready to head home, and then when you head home, they're in a stall again, headed all the way there. So it it's a it's very hard on them um, to stay cooped up like that for long amounts of times. I like to stop like every three four hours if I can. And get my horse out, walk her around a little bit, offer her some water if she'd like, and then throw her back in and keep keep trucking. Um, is how I usually do it. Um, plan on leaving Saturday morning and hopefully getting out there Sunday evening for Vegas. So, um, what else? Uh, but yeah, you're you're just kind of in South Point pretty much the whole week, just um, taking care of horses and watching other people's events, you know, so that way you have intel of going into the round yourself, um, how the standings are kind of going into it. Um, mm-hmm. But, I I mean, I love that it's in Vegas. It, it feels, uh, it, it gives us natives a bigger platform and something for us to look forward to, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tatum. We're going to go ahead and take another call now. Vera, who is listening in Toppenish, Washington on KYNR. Hi, Vera. Welcome to Native America Calling. Uh, good morning. Um, thank you for taking my call. I just have a simple question. I'm not in the rodeo or anything, but I was just wondering if uh, INFR has Calcutta's, where you uh, bet on a certain cowboy in a certain event and i was just wondering if um if they have that and if how how it works and if they 
if you can, uh, like, bet online? All right, Vera, that's a really good question. I think uh, the Cherokee Cowboy would be the person to answer that. Randy Taylor. Randy, Calcutta's uh, online betting, INFR. What do you know about that? They, I have not seen that. In the uh, National Finals Rodeo, brought to you by Wrangler, there's a, a pro fantasy. It's like pro fantasy rodeo instead of football, and there's something like that. At a number of the events around the country, we made Calcutta the short go-round or some of the bronc ridings or bull ridings. It's like where you auction off each of the riders, and if they win, you could win, you know, and if they lose, you lose. It's a gamble, but they, I have never seen that in Las Vegas at the South Point at the INFR. Interesting, interesting. Randy, you know, I remember years ago, INFR, uh, I believe it was in Albuquerque for a few years, then it was up in, in Rapid City, South Dakota, and now it's, uh, how long has it been in Las Vegas, and do you think that's where it's going to stay, there in Vegas? I believe it's been there 14 or 15 years, and it started in 1976 in Salt Lake City, Utah. And it has been around the country. It has even been to Saskatoon. Uh, the ones that I had the privilege of announcing were in Rapid City, Billings, Montana, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Reno, Nevada, and Saboba, California, and then a couple in Las Vegas at the South Point. The National Finals Rodeo first went to Las Vegas, sanctioned by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association in 1985. Marty Jandrew won the first bronc riding, uh, the first Knight, on a South Dakota horse, he is an Indian cowboy from the lower Gruel Sioux, and I was there in the bareback riding. And then, so the Indian National Finals Rodeo kind of followed the PRCA National Finals Rodeo to Las Vegas, and they have found a, a great home. The South Point in particular has a state-of-the-art uh, stalling facility underneath the hotel like Tatum talked about, and the arena is really nice. And Vegas is great. It, it, it's really special. Yeah, I was out there a few years ago for it, and it just it, it is a good fit. And uh, there's just so many people out there, so many Native athletes and their families from from North America, Canada, United States. It's just such an exciting event. And I want to go back to to Tatum Ward, barrel racer, and, and Tatum. Who are some other barrel racers that you really admire that you compete with? Oh, um, uh, Tara Seaton is a good one. Uh, Tara Seaton, Sonia Dodging Horse, um, both World Pass champions, Sally, Sally Williams, um, Jackie Hunt. Um, oh, gosh, lots more, but I just can't think of any. You put me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> We have lots more here, actually, from the 605 um, that I'm very proud to come from this area and be a part of it and uh, and be known with these ladies. Um, it's a, it's a sure. privilege so, to compete against these gals and their horses. They're amazing horses. Uh, it's, they're all very tough and... Um, we we're all very lucky to have uh, such good mounts underneath us. Well, best of luck to you, Tatum, next week. And uh, back to to Randy Taylor. Randy, which athletes, uh, cowboys and cowgirls, are are you keeping a close eye on next week? And you think could be big winners? 
Well, we're looking at the defending world champions in the bareback bronc riding, Stephen DeWolf, Ogallala Lakota, the defending steer wrestler, Jim Stevens, Bailey Bates, the world champion ladies breakaway roper, uh, Ogallala Lakota saddle bronc rider, defending world champion Cash Wilson, Jackson Clegg, the tie-down roping defending champ, Trey Begay and Cody Lansing in the team roping, Sonia Dodging Horse of the First Nations of Canada, a uh, definite threat. I think she's going after her third championship. Robbie Taylor rides bulls in an amazing status, and he is defending his champion championships in the bull riding. Also, the uh, the tour champions from this year are, are ones to watch. Stephen DeWolf in the bareback riding. Jay Joaquin, a tour champion. He is an outstanding saddle bronc rider. Preston Lewis, a uh, Blackfeet Indian cowboy from Montana. Quentin Inman, the tour champion steer wrestling. He also okay. is, uh, won this season this year for the tie-down roping. The healers, Wyatt Gibson and Wesley Benelli, are the tour champions. The ladies' barrel racing tour champions, Tara Seaton, as uh, Tatum mentioned, and the ladies' breakaway roping, Caden Jody, Navajo, the tour champion. So those, those are the individuals that I'm watching in each event. Randy, you mentioned Jackson Clegg, and I remember Jackson. I met him a few years ago when he was still a high school rodeo athlete, and he's now a world champion. I mean, just that quickly, he has evolved into a world-class a world-class athlete. That's just amazing, uh, the amount well, of development there. and um, You know, these athletes, I mean, 20s and their 30s, and, and they're young. And is the sport growing? I mean, are you seeing more, more people – rodeo athletes joining the sport, young native men and women that just want to try it, or, or is it about the same size as it's always been? What's your thought? We have seen it come and go, and right now it is growing. It is very exciting to see. The last couple, three decades, the bloodlines of the bucking horses are better, and we see a bigger, uh, de more depth in the quality of bucking horses and bulls. And with the cowboys and cowgirls, we are really encouraging to come on strong, and, we're, and the PRCA is providing rodeo schools, and there are different rodeo schools around the country, and that is very encouraging to see our numbers growing. The bareback bronc riding in particular was suffering from low numbers, and it is starting to come on strong. Um, mm -hmm. That's very nice to see, and I would like to invite any of the youth listening or, or adults or teenagers to look at our sport. Uh, the best way to, whether you're from an urban area or a rural place, you can rodeo. You know, um, there's rodeo schools, there's opportunities to learn about the sport, and uh, we invite you to look at prca.com or infr.org and, and seek out some of these rodeo schools and opportunities of Indian rodeos in, in your part of the country because they're there and they are fun, and we are always recruiting uh, youngsters into our way of life and um, the cowboy way is a lot of fun <laughs> okay so randy even if a young person maybe they didn't grow up on a ranch maybe they don't come from a, a family of rodeo athletes there's still opportunities for them is that right absolutely uh my father was a race car driver and i live you know we lived in the country but uh Rodeo was not, except for my granddad, I guess I can go back to my family roots there. But I went to a, a bull riding school and then and then went to a bareback riding school and kept going to schools and, and had the opportunity to progress. It's like any other sport, you know. I mean, you need a good coach 
and you need to run with good people or steel sharpens steel. And if you have the dedication and desire, you can uh, learn an opportunity to obtain even a college education. You talked about Mr. Clegg winning and progressing so quickly. Well, he's young, he's talented, he's athletic, and he has been through the programs of, say, the Little Britches, the National High School Rodeo Program, the National Intercollegiate right. Rodeo Association on up, and hopefully we'll watch that man in the bigs as well as the INFR of the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. Well, I want to thank all of our guests. We are now out of time, but uh, best of luck to the rodeo athletes and enthusiasts who joined us on the show today, Stephen DeWolf, Tatum Ward, Kaylee Sosi, and Randy Taylor. And I hope you'll join us next week for another exciting lineup of conversations about indigenous issues and topics here at Native America Calling. I want to give a shout out to all of our crew in Albuquerque, New Mexico, as well as our leadership in Anchorage, Alaska, Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation that makes Native America Calling possible. Have a safe and relaxing weekend. I'm Sean Spruce. Repatriation is the return of ancestors and stolen culture. The Association on American Indian Affairs and the Citizen Potawatomi Nation host the ninth annual Repatriation Conference on November 7th, 8th, and 9th. The conference provides in-person and virtual expert training about domestic and international repatriation. Learn how to register at indian-affairs.org. The Association on American Indian Affairs supports this show. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.